you had the chance, would you change the world? Welcome. I am your host, Ebony Gustav, and this is Cooperative Journal, where I interview mutual aid initiatives and cooperatives from around the world who are creating alternatives to our current economic system. Finzi Ross Missendrin is a co-housing building located in Vienna, Austria, where students, formerly homeless, and refugees live amongst each other. It houses bicycle, woodworking, and sewing workshops, a restaurant serving international cuisine, and a cafe hosting events. It's a collaboration between students involved with the Vienna Audi Max occupation, Vinzi Rost, which is a volunteer-run organization that offers housing to formerly homeless and refugees, as well as architecture firm Galpin Rob. In this episode, I speak with architect Alex Hagner, who was responsible for the adaptation of the building. We speak about the event that led to the cohabitation of formerly homeless and students, how they received funding for the building, the intentionality and functionality needed when designing for formerly homeless, changing the stigma around homeless individuals, what resources and skills are offered to empower the formerly homeless, and why the residents make ideal housemates. Alrighty. Hello, Alexander. Welcome to the podcast. So particularly in urban environments, students struggle to find affordable housing, and there's an influx of refugees and homeless, but little to no infrastructure to support them. And Vinzi Rost is offering a solution to these issues. So can you please start off by sharing what Vinzi Rost Mittendrin is? Okay. So Vinzi Rost Mittendrin, it's a kind of community project. Uh, people living in common and working in common who usually don't have to do a lot with each other. But the project started by accident uh, in 2009. Students in Vienna had been very angry about the circumstances uh, they had to study in. There was uh, too less space, too less living space for students, too less teachers, everything too less. And then there was a certain point they said, it's enough, we don't want to study under these uh, conditions any longer. And they occupied uh, the Audimax, it's the biggest lecture hall in the main university in Vienna for a month. They went in there and they didn't went out anymore. And uh, by accident, uh, homeless heard about this occupation and they entered into the lecture hall too, more and more because it was the beginning of winter time. And yeah, um, at that time, conflict started because where is homelessness, alcohol is there too. And uh, where there's a lot of alcohol, the conflicts are even yeah, growing. But some students had the idea to involve uh, the homeless guests into their Occupy movement, let's say, and uh, ask the homeless, please uh, help us in preparing the meals, help us in preparing the demonstrations. And yeah, you, you need to help us. If you are here and want to stay here, you need to help. And so it come. And um, by the way, they drank less alcohol, the conflicts were more or less gone. And this 
productive, let's say, um, togetherness. Um, it stopped then after a few months when the police came and uh, made the, the lecture hall empty. Everyone had to go out afterwards, but a few students thought we have made such a good experience in, in this doing together something with homeless people. We should carry this uh, experience on in the project in Vienna. And then they found a house in the middle of Vienna, close to the first district to the center. And uh, it was an empty house. And yeah, it's a long story, long story short. Uh, we succeeded, we as architects, Office Gaupenraub and the uh, association Vincenz Gemeinschaft St. Stefan, this is the, the association Vinzirast, and the students together, we started to develop a, a living project and a working project and a togetherness project for this mixture homeless, or let's say formerly homeless, and students together in one house, about 1,500 square meters with the restaurant, with the workshops, with shared community, um, community flats. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, one of my favorite places in the world, let's say. That is so cool. And it also speaks to um, the importance of social connection and having a sense of purpose, because those two things uh, diminish the confrontation between the students and the homeless. And it also diminished the homeless people's need to get to have those other vices to feel whole because here they have their community and they're also contributing to it. So that's incredible. And how did they get funding to get the house? Yeah, luckily we had been, we all who wanted to realize the project, we found uh, a donator, a very potent one. Um, it's Hans-Peter Haselsteiner. He's one of Austria's yeah, milliardaires. And uh, the students know, knew about his engagement in, in, in social belongings. And so they asked him whether he might be able to support this idea uh, that togetherness, that community could, um, yeah, could be uh, a good thing in, in society in total. If you have a people from the edge of society uh, together with, let's say, students or other people from the middle of society, if they do something together, and uh, this might be, um, how do you say, forebuild, uh, this might be, yeah, others could, could, could afterwards look at it and could see it's a good thing not to, to do people always separate. They're the children, they're the ill ones, they're the old ones, they're the students, they're the homeless. No, the idea of society is a mixed one in natural and what we are doing, we as almost all, all the time, we treat them separately. But the chance is uh, to come together as shown in the experience of the Audi Max occupation. And yeah, he, he, he liked the idea quite a lot. And he said, if you students come along with this association who was doing at that time, 
I think already six or seven years work on homeless projects. If you students and you association come together, he will buy the house and donate it to the association. And um, everything you want to do with the house, you need to do it by your own power. So you need to find other supporters, but he would support the idea by buying the house and donating it to the association. And yeah, and the students and the association, they, they had bit problems to talk on the same eye height, but uh, after a while we get used to each other and we developed um, a project group. We met every month, thought about what could this project be, what should it contend, how should we do the design, how should we do uh, separate uh, shared WGs by students here and homeless here, should we mix up, should we do workshops, should we do a restaurant or event spaces. This was, um, um, yeah, we developed it together with the student as an let's say experiment because all our research showed up that there was nothing like that in the world that students and uh, formerly homeless people are living and working in a house together having the idea that this uh, togetherness would bring both of them forward wow what a dream to meet a millionaire and they just give you the seed money <laughs> yeah. for a socially good <laughs> initiative. Um, that is beautiful. And I, I totally agree about there needing to be more coexistence instead of this separatism of races, of age groups, because with more diversity, there's more resilience. There's more things to learn. There's more things to exchange. Um, and, you know, that also kind of blurs the lines of classism, too, because you have all of these different demographics together. Uh, can you explain a little bit about the Vinzi Rost organization that you guys collaborated with as well and what are some of the other programs they're working on? Mm. This association came together, or let's say people from this association came together and founded it with the idea to do in Vienna, um, uh, it's called Winzidorf. Uh, something like this exists in Graz already, um, in Styria, in the uh, south part of Austria. Um, Winzidorf is a place, let's say, um, it's a kind of home for elderly people uh, until they die, but homeless ones. So um, there had been a lot of homeless people in Graz all over the town, but then um, there was the idea to do a small village of there it was containers, it was donated containers to do small houses in these containers, to put them together in the form of village and to have a, a center in this village where there's some kind of office and community kitchen and things like that. And this in Graz exists already more than 10 years and they made good experiences with it. And then there was the idea to bring it to Vienna too. And 
few people in Vienna heard about that and said, let's come together. We do that in Vienna too. It was in 2002. But uh, we didn't, I was there at the beginning too. I read about that in the newspapers and then I asked, uh, maybe you need an architect. And um, Wolfgang Pucher, he was the one who was bringing the idea to Vienna. He said, oh, we do need everyone. And this was the start of my and our office's work on the topic of homelessness because usually architects yeah, are not that much involved in uh, this topic in, in, in former times. Now it, it starts to change. Uh, more and more architects are looking at that. But um, we didn't recognize that neighbors uh, wouldn't like such a project close to their neighborhood. And this was what we wouldn't have suspected when we started with the idea. But the result was that we needed finally 16 years to open the first village for elderly uh, homeless people in Vienna because yeah, all, all places we, we have planned this village, the neighbors were able to bring us away um, that we, we didn't succeed. And yeah, it's another story. But besides, we started other projects because the people, they came together, they had nothing to do because we didn't found a place where they would accept this village. So we started with an overnight shelter. Um, again, by, by rich people, a few ones that time, we were able to buy an empty house in the 12th district of Vienna and it was in, in autumn and we said, yeah, as long as we can't do the village, let's do something else in this direction and now winter will come, let's do an overnight shelter uh, in, this, in this house. And um, that was how we started. It was in 2004, the opening. And uh, from this time on, um, yeah, the, the first uh, project started. And, and for me, just to say, it was one of my, or let's say my, my biggest um, success as, as a professional in architecture. The night when we opened the Vinci uh, Rast, this was the name of the overnight shelter. And I was driving home all alone through the town and, and realized that because of our work too, from tonight on, there will be 60 persons less uh, sleeping in the streets of Vienna. And when you once made this, uh, you felt this, uh, yeah, how, how this feels, this, <laughs> thoughts you you can't stop anymore so since this time we are as Gaupenraub always partners of um, associations who want to do alternatives in terms of housing homeless people this is very important alternatives because all the projects we knew before it's most about giving shelter but uh, a man or a woman needs more than than having a shelter we we need community we need we need uh, exchange we need the others and so we love uh, to work with associations who have the idea of uh, a home is more than having a roof above one's head The fact that there's 
that they even hired an architect to create a living space for homeless people, I feel like is rare. Usually they might just like have some bunk beds and a room or something like there's not much intentionality into the design of a space. Um, And I'm sure that's one of the main reasons why homeless people rather just stay on the street. At least right. there they feel safe that in some way. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's definitely meeting the needs of not just the homeless people, but also meeting the need of changing the perception that people have around homeless people. Because like you said, you had issues building a structure like this in the neighborhood, but now that people can interact with the homeless at uh, Mittendrin and see them in another light, that just, you know, that just changes a lot. Um, And... Most, most of, of people don't realize that in the moment, someone who needs to live in the streets doesn't need to live in the streets anymore. He isn't anymore homeless. This is a fact. Yeah? In the moment he is housed and has a house, he is able to call a home. Uh, you, you won't even recognize that this guy or this woman was in former times homeless uh, person. Yeah, So... In the moment we succeed in delivering a home someone could accept as a home and as his place, uh, he's no or she's no longer homeless anymore. And so she's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's no danger or no whatever the neighbors believe. Uh, what, what is so horrible in, in this homeless context, uh, you are, yeah, I mean, of course, the longer someone is out in the streets, there um, are problems and they grow. There is uh, illnesses, psychology and, and uh, physical illnesses and so on. But the, the earlier we react, uh, the, yeah, the, the more chances are that we don't have these problems like we, we just spoke about LA and Skid Row. Uh, I mean, if it's that far, we, it's about apocalypse. It's, it's, it's not a life, it's a life of, of science fiction when you go through the streets. And uh, no, it's, it's reality and it's growing. There's definitely a certain stigma that's been created around homelessness. But the reasoning for people being homeless is so vast, like they aren't necessarily a nuisance to society or on drugs or lazy. Many of them are competent and they have willpower. And you said that the earlier we address uh, the issues of addiction or mental illness, uh, or actually the earlier we address the problem of homelessness, the better it can be managed. And I think that there just really needs to be better infrastructure in place. Uh, And I'm sure the way that homeless people are housed, it adds to a sense of disempowerment and being undervalued. And in one of your talks, you said that you hate to do specific designs for specific populations. And it's not about creating an experiment, but a sense of togetherness. 
And so I'm curious what you did to take what what did you take into account when you were designing the space to make it feel inclusive and welcoming to the outside community and its residents? Yeah, um, this is an, an, a very important point because um, what we do as architects, if we do it quite well, it could uh, stand there a hundred years or even longer. So we we need to be very conscious about uh, the way we do it. And if we do this special architecture, you will have it special for the next 50 or 100 years. And um, it's about the stigmatization then. We we made this project, Vinci Rast mittendrin, um, and after having the hardware, let's say, in planning, we were talking about, for example, what color should the facade have? And uh, yeah, there were a few who, who thought, oh, we are such a special thing and project. We should make it powerful, colorful. And uh, yeah, because we want to be um, strong in the town and in the middle and wishable. And then there were these other voices. Uh, why, why aren't we just normal? Because, uh, yeah, we don't want to, to carry on this, this special situation of people. Uh, so finally, we decided to be uh, one of 100 houses in the neighborhood. And this was good, this decision. Um, but anyway, there, the, the users we do the building for, they are not like anyone else, like you and me who do know where we go to bed tonight and where we will have breakfast tomorrow. There are a lot of problems if you don't know where to sleep tonight and, and where you will have or whether you will have breakfast. So we, we need to keep this in mind. So what would, would you do in architecture uh, then? We thought that uh, we have learned out of the Audi Max occupation that uh, there were conflicts by using a lot of alcohol or drugs or when psychology or <laughs> I always break in this word psychology no if if someone mental illnesses yeah people with mental illnesses it's better um, then then there might be more problems of course. Um, in, in certain situations. For example, we thought about the community kitchen. Every floor, every living floor of the project has one community kitchen. And um, yeah, we thought in the evening when 10 or more people come together in this kitchen, it need to have uh, yeah quite a big size because if it's too small, it might be too narrow, even in, in the mind. and this might be not enough. It needs uh, more height than other rooms because, again, to take, in terms of space, pressure out of it. But then there was the idea if someone probably drink too much in one of these kitchen parties and is fighting with you standing between you and the door, you could leave the space. How, how would you react? And how would you react if behind you would be another door and maybe beside you would be another door escaping the room? And, and that's, for example, why the community kitchens have three doors, one to the 
staircase directly, one into the outside. We made the elevation outside, not inside. This was another idea. So, and one door is to the next room. So you can easily say, okay, you know what? Tomorrow we talk, I go now. And you don't need to, to yeah, find a way um, to the guy you are, you're having a fight with. This is a small thing. But the next thing is when you go out into the outdoor elevation where all the staircases are, it's not indoors, it's outdoor. And uh, if you meet this guy the next morning in a corridor, maybe a small corridor with no natural light, no window. We know these uh, places in, in youth hostels and other uh, places. How would you meet this guy in such a corridor? And how would you meet him if the corridor is outside, in front of the house, in open space? And we put four possibilities in the house to go up and down. There are two, it's an existing building, there are two existing staircases, but we made an uh, elevator, a new one, and a new staircase. So you have got four possibilities to come up and down. You easily can, oh, he's over there, I take this staircase. I think this, this might sound a little bit like luxury to have four possibilities in this house, but um, I think such small, um, yeah, proposals to, to solve pressure, to solve um, the idea that people who have more problems than yeah, excuse the name normal people, but let's say people from the majority of society, they have problems too. But I would say the most um, most homeless I know, they, they really have existential problems. And you need to be more careful in, in designing the right spaces for them. And so this was the, the solution, let's say, the house looks like a normal house from outside and from the inside, but there are yeah, even more than these two points I have um, just pointed out, where we try to take responsibility for um, situations which might provoke conflicts. Mm. So the design was very intentional for avoiding or dismantling a conflict. But I'm curious, how do you guys deal with addiction or alcoholism within the spaces there? Um, some type of support group or therapy that helps people that are dealing with that? Because I know if I was a student, my mom probably would not let me stay in a house. Like, she'd probably be reluctant, like, hmm, I'm not sure. Is it safe? And so how do you give that reassurance to and how are you helping them get out of that mindset? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I don't know. But what I know is that uh, a friend of mine, we started together uh, 30 years ago, her son was one of the first inhabitants. He moved in as a student. A student. I didn't know that uh, he was the son of my 
former student uh, study colleague and uh, Max and Max lived there I think more than four years he moved out from his parents directly in this project and and she afterwards told me she liked it because yeah it's it's uh, she knew already what we believed in all if as a young student and you take part in such a project you might be on a different way all your life the rest of your life about thinking about problems and yeah it's it's a, a process of uh, growing up i would say a faster one than if you would walk around through the normal um, areas but the safety um, we decided at the beginning that we want to have a housekeeper 24 hours in the house and um, when the first uh, meeting of all the new inhabitants uh, eight years ago took place all the inhabitants the students and the homeless said excuse me we are grown-ups uh, we don't need a kindermädchen um, we don't need a nurse uh, no how do you say uh, a, a nanny yeah this is it uh, we are grown up so we will i mean the idea is that this kind of community in the house um, they help each other they they start to um, to do things together that you start to trust your neighbor or your roommate or this is the idea that if if you once have the possibility to meet each other and to to get known to each other after a while um, it would help community gemeinschaft um, helps and and heals um, a lot anyway of course there are more conflicts i already said um, and we have again volunteers therapists um, doctors who sometimes come if there are problems the community can't solve uh, herself then we we uh, get help from outside then there is the office in the house which um, is uh, occupied from eight to to six in the evening so if there are problems uh, you can talk to them they decide how how we resolve it um, after eight years uh, existing i think it's normal life over there sometimes it's a bit more intensive or how could you say it's a bit more yeah that there, there, there are more conflicts what what we figured out uh, is that they can solve them if not we can help them and what we can't and what the project can't is uh, that their inhabitants which have problems with drugs more than alcohol because um, there uh, it's it's mental mentally more problematic and you need professionals but if uh, it's most of them have an alcohol problem um, the students yeah, are able to deal with it but if it's a drug problem we try to figure out when uh, a new inhabitant tries to to find a place in the house we try to figure out would he fit into the house or um, might there be more problems if we fail in 
in finding out then we need to change then we need to say sorry this is not the right place for you this project tries to be an alternative for um people who who yeah who fit in the project we need to figure out does someone fit or not and this is not the the place for all homeless if you are homeless since let's say a long time 10 years 20 years then it's not the right place for you the this special place is that someone um, falls out of the system let's say was on the street for a few months or years and maybe that the community there could help you to come back on your legs and this this is necessary there that you want to come back on your legs but we we made other projects like uh, the Vinci Dorf, this village of small houses for elderly homeless. Um, there, it's not the idea that someone may might come back on his uh, legs. It's just the idea to um, offer a place where he can stay until his last days. So we we do different projects with different aims with different inhabitants. And um, and after all, none of this project projects should look like uh, oh look at this you you are searching for the Vincirast uh, village or the Vincirast mittendrin it's this this other house no this is I think this this would be bad you would they would miss the chance that um, someone could find back into a quite normal life. One, one point, um, what we figured out in all these years that um, by knowing inhabitants and people longer, that um, people who are yeah, more than one time homeless or let's say long term homeless, if you look at their childhood, there went something wrong. I would say 99% of uh, heavily homeless people, um, there was something in their very early childhood. They are not able to come back onto their legs again because in, in their early childhood, something went wrong. We know this now by yeah, knowing their stories after a while, talking to them a lot. Um, if you have this situation that someone who has a normal childhood let's say but then uh, the partner died or whatever very heavy thing in his life then maybe he starts to drink alcohol and then he lost his job and then he lost his flat and so on this is uh, um, most of them they come back onto into life into normal life and onto their legs but um, you have these other stories. Um, sometimes the, the grandparents uh, take care then after the child's when the, the parents are not able to, why ever. But sometimes there are not even grandparents. And uh, so they, they started in early childhood to, to live a life um, where they made the experience that the other is not helpful in my life. And if you made this experience as a, a, a child, a very young child, you will carry it all your life. And, and 
yeah there it's 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 i think it's it's not solvable you you can't help this person out completely of of this idea that the other in my close to me is not helpful for me and my life yeah um yeah so we have a, a large range of people in 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 homelessness and that's why i i ask everyone please do a lot of different projects in trying to support people who are homeless because they are so different much more different than we are as yeah our experience shows and if you really want to reach as much as possible people who are out in the street with an architecture or with an, 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 an personal structure you need to have a lot of different offers and then maybe you maybe you find a lot in vienna it's said that there are i don't know the the numbers are not mine but maybe it's 3000 people living constantly on the streets uh, by 2 million inhabitants and i think they are not in the streets because there are not enough shelters or places it's not a question of quantity it's a question of quality i think that's what what i believe um if we would do more different shelters or projects or homes then we would have maybe a 300 out in the streets which are still a lot in in such a rich town like vienna is it's one of the yeah richest towns in in the world and um yeah so that's how we came as architects to the to the um topic homelessness that we believe if we do better architecture um in terms of if we look at people who had been out in the streets for a longer time for example if you we look precisely at them as we look on every other client independent whether this one has got 5 million and this one has got 5 cent doesn't matter how much money in his pocket we as professionals architects look at clients as professional as we can then it's completely clear that we need this kind of special architecture for homeless which we don't want to build but we need to to do somehow very uh, sophisticated very carefully and then we might have a chance if we do other projects than those who we, which exist in vienna then we might have a chance to reach more people to give them an alternative um not living under a bridge or even dying there yeah this this is you know as a child i have uh, my my first <laughs> houses had been for birds um i was as a child watching birds and um yeah then then i thought ah this ones they are uh inhabiting in 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 small houses with this round uh, i don't know how it's called in english uh holes in it and and i start as a child to build this and then i put it on the tree and then i was watching behind the bush and <laughs> watching how how are the the birds are accepting it or not uh, and when i had the feeling okay this bird is interested in my house but 
it doesn't want to go in or it, it goes away or then I changed something with the house and then I put it again and then I watched again and really what I do now is more or less the same. All these pictures I take from situations where homeless people are hiding somewhere in the public space. I, I took a thousand of these pictures. Um, I, I try to learn out of the situations they produce for themselves. How big is the place? this guy is uh, taking for him where is it how is the entrance where is the place where he collects his rubbish where is the and and then i try to translate that into formal buildings um so and 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 trying to make this compromise that this special formal building is not a special one you know what i mean it, yeah it's 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 really um you need i think a lot of um uh i i need let's say i need more of my skills as someone who is doing architecture for someone who is mentally ill or uh has any other illnesses than i do it for for uh someone who is yeah, what is the opposite of ill? Uh, gesund, um, uh, healthy, uh, yeah, yeah, able. So we we earn less money for our work for for our social work, <laughs> but we need more input, and that's a bit that's a bit um, economically for our offices. It's not that good as you can imagine. Uh, it should be the other way around. And again, that's the reason why. Uh, I think that society must think in a different way about social problems and social broad projects. I don't know whether you in, in the North America know about um, problems in Paris, in the suburbia of, of Paris, in, in the banlieues, um, where they put all the 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 social problems let's say out of the town in the suburbia and there are every few years are there real um, riots in this area and yeah you can easily see this is the wrong way yeah to take less money and to take less everything less 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 if it's about people who have less but this is uh a screw downwards how do you say abwärtsspirale it, it's it, it doesn't help it it it's afterward it's, it's worse mm -hmm. yeah just trying to mask the problem instead of getting to the root of it and yeah, yeah it's it's interesting because it takes so much more sophistication and um research and intentionality into building a space for a homeless community versus if you're building like a luxury building but also the space of Vincy Ross Missendrin is beautiful it looks like a modern building it looks like something people would pay a thousand dollars a month in New York to stay in but it's for a community that has really been disinvested in and like you said, it's largely because these spaces that they build for them are not welcoming. They don't meet their basic needs. You're going and actually 
scouting out the places, the outside places that homeless choose to live in and how they choose to live with each other or not with each other. Um, And that's so important. I mean, that takes, it's like a certain type of, I don't know, it's like a science to it, really. Um, Because there's so many moving parts and different demographics that you have to take into account. Like the first person you mentioned that was a student, uh, I think it was Max. um, That completely would change your perspective. Because when you're in a university and staying in a dorm, like you're very much in a bubble. You don't tend to know much of what's going on outside of that space. And for instance, when I was in Ithaca going to school there, it was very much a university town. So people depended on the university for jobs. So the homelessness was terrible there. There was a lot of drug addiction. There was a lot of homeless people. But because I worked for the Red Cross, I knew that this was going on. And the school that I went to, like, there's a lot of affluent kids. You know, they're not they're not in that world at all. But right outside of it, outside of where they're living, there's this huge problem. But actually, they have beautiful homeless um, housing for people that were homeless. Beautiful kitchen. They had personal rooms, which I thought was incredible. Um, but... Yeah, going back to conflicts, I know that at the Audi Max, the students had their own way of managing the conflicts by giving the homeless people roles. And so I'm curious to know how you guys implemented that within the design of Mittendren um, in terms of Mm -hmm. the workshops and everything Mm -hmm. else that you offer. The, the original ideas of the students was to find a place where more or less a day place where homeless and students could come together and work together, do something together. But then they found this um, house in the ninth district with a 1,500 square meters. It was much too large for, um, yeah, to, to work together during the daytime. And then in this group, we uh, developed the, the program for the building. We thought about what could it be more than a place with a workshop for wood or with a workshop for textile. And then we started the, the, that it could be a place to live in too. But this was not the idea of the students originally. And then the next question, it's, it's still not enough. We should do something like a restaurant because there, first of all, uh, we could work together, we could probably earn money and we could uh, connect the project into the um, surrounding, into the neighborhood. So it was locked in, we do a restaurant, we do workshops, we do a restaurant, we do housing, Uh, what else could we do? And so it it went on and now we have two event spaces, one in the cellar and one in the the rooftop, like a penthouse and there some of our 
project developing team said, oh, we're doing a penthouse here. What, what will be in there? It, it, isn't it too luxury, a penthouse? Usually bankers and other COs and so on have penthouses. Um, but here in this project, and we said, uh, we don't know yet what to do in, but we think it's important to have this kind of open space with a large terrace where we could do gardening. Gardening is another thing we can do together because um, imagine the students in summer go home to their mamas and papas, but the uh, formerly homeless, they, they need to stay there. So they need to talk to each other who is taking care about the plants, who is littering. And so we, we try to figure out as much places where the the inhabitants, half students and half homeless, uh, come together somehow, need to talk and need to do, and yes, that's how how we did developed it. And um, so, for example, um, students as well as uh, formerly homeless pay the same rent. Um, this was very important um, because we didn't want that. Uh, we want to have one level of the inhabitants. If if the students would pay uh, a rent and the uh, formerly homeless don't, then the students could tell them to clean up the staircase or whatever. This was what we didn't want to do. But by deciding that both have to pay the same amount of money, it's it's quite cheap. We orientated at, at the cheapest student ho hostels in Vienna. Um, but anyway, so now the homeless inhabitants have the possibility to work in the restaurant to earn money or the restaurant after the first month already, people loved it. They came from everywhere in the town. They take, took their lunch there. They, they made their birthday celebrations in the restaurant. And it, it, yeah, it was really the best decision to do that. And um, then there's, for example, the guy who is cleaning up the, the restaurant every morning. And then the first guests come and then they see how this guy cleans the, the place. And then there is a question, um, do you have more time than than you need here to clean? Because I need to, I have a place where it need to be cleaned. And another guy sees from the restaurant that there is one taking care about all the plants in the roof garden or in the in the outdoor restaurant. And then this guy, for example, goes to some sabbatical for half a year somewhere else and has a house with a garden, and he sees the formerly homeless who is taking care about the garden. And then there's the question, do you take care about my garden probably when I'm away? This is a kind of, it's called Umschlagplatz. I don't know the English world, but uh, you can imagine if the guy with the house and the garden would see the homeless sitting in the street on the pedestrian way, he would never ever ask this guy taking care about his garden. So what we made is a meeting point uh, of difference in, in, in society and the difference is not there in this place. And this is the nice thing. It's, uh, it's, a, yeah, it's a place of, we always talk about empathy. Uh, it's an exchange or uh, it's a, <laughs> um, a empathy constructing space, let's say. And we, we, we have, for example, in the restaurant people coming in eating, drinking, and the second or the third time they read on a flyer, 
oh, this is about homelessness here. Where, where is it? Uh, how can I see it? They can't. Uh, really, I like this place so much. I like the food you are cooking. I like how it's designed. I like the interior. Um, maybe could, could I work here, help in, in the project somehow? Go up in the first floor in the office, knock on the door and ask, I would like to, to contribute, to do something with you. I like this place. So I think this is what is so special there that we did it so nice. You don't feel or see or smell that it is a social project. It's, it's, it's a, a nice project, a completely nice project. People love it. And this makes them asking whether they can take part in it. I, I didn't believe that this would be possible with architecture by but having made this experience, you can easily imagine how we are trying to do our next social projects even more nice, even more luxury, because this is the idea uh, to make places where everyone wants to take part, where it could mix, where uh, you, you, you have a smile in your face when you enter and not when you try to close your nose when you enter. But these are had been the projects I knew, uh, which are so-called social projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've created an amazing project that allows for a common ground. So um, I think it's so important that you guys are giving the people that live there skills. You're not necessarily paying them for working at the restaurant or the workshops and things, but they now have skills and they now have a network that they can tap into to potentially get a job and have a stepping stone after they leave the space. Um, and it also, like what you were saying, um, in terms of childhood trauma and how that results in long-term homelessness, and they start to not trust people outside of themselves. Um, and when you don't trust people, then you're moving out of fear. And if you're moving out of fear, you can't really get anywhere. And so those projects that you guys have in the house allows them to build trust with each other. And I'm sure, um, you know, build cultivate better relationships with each other and hopefully get more self-confidence too. Um, and so you said that they pay rent, but how do they afford to pay rent? Um, the social, uh, the public social system in Austria is quite good. So some of um, um, the inhabitants, they get a Mindestsicherung. It's some kind of minimal uh, um, assurance. They get a minimal fee from the state, let's say. And uh, this helps, for example, to pay the rent. Or um, if they yeah, have a job in the restaurant, they get money for it. Uh, if they do the garden of the guy with a sabbatical, uh, they get money from them. They um, find by 
having a place to sleep, knowing where to to have breakfast, by all this security they have in their background, they appear in a different way and they can make uh, a new network. And not only this uh, closed network underneath homeless people. And by this new network, they find new possibilities. And if someone is not able to pay next month or for two months the rent there will be um, they found solutions with the um, with the office and in the house so it's but the idea is um, yeah they they uh, can find back in a let's say normal world by having these normal conditions this this i think is important to to do normal um conditions in terms of the architecture the part being part of society being part of of others and what i've forgotten to say i think students are really they are the best for some someone yeah said we we are doing human experiments over there but it was it was not planned like an experiment to do students and homeless together it was the result of of this um uh experience they made in audi max but um students are open more or less even at least more open than 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 other groups um students want to learn they want to open their horizon they want to go forward so our idea is if you put students in a student's home it's wasted uh potential we should mix up much more uh, especially with students because they yeah they are curious they are like what's next yeah and uh, they are quite fluctuative do you know this word in english uh, fluctuative they come and go it's not like they are no, not constant they are not the constant part in the project we ask them are you willing to stay at least half a year because um to trust each other you need time and so they should stay longer than half a year maybe a year or two they should not come and go every month this is not the idea um, so this is this is maybe not not the best thing that students are coming and going like the the birds but um, students are open for much more than the rest of society let's say and we still uh, as architects too, built in in Vienna, for example, students' homes, uh, students' hostels, and I think this is a pity. We should think much more hybrid, in in total. Yeah, children, elderly, students, whatever, or the the ill ones. We should mix it up much more because it's all about life, and life has all these aspects. And why why separating? Uh, it's. I think it's an, an, an relict out of uh, the moderne, where uh, we had this town to sleep and the town to work and the town to have fun and the town to shop. Uh, I think slowly we start to mix functions again in 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 the uh, city as a whole, and we should also mix society more. Um, proactively than we do it right now and with students they are they are ideal to yeah to uh, combine with maybe 
parts of society, the others don't want to hear, to see, whatever. Mm, yeah, students are open-minded, they're optimistic, they're just kind of beginning their careers or lives or what they want to do. And so they really have this sense of hope and drive that yeah. um, the formerly homeless may have lost. They have gotten disempowered. They're hopeless. Um, so to see that aliveness and vigor within the students, I'm sure, brings it out of themselves, too. And to your point about student housing, yeah, it should definitely be more mixed and intergenerational um, because I'm sure with the students living with the formerly homeless, they're definitely um, receiving tools of how to navigate in the world, how to deal with people, which is one of the hardest things. And we don't learn that in school. Uh, and so how do you deal with conflict? How do you understand somebody that's that seems to be completely different from you? How do you find that common ground? And you guys are creating a platform for this to happen, which is so cool. And Thank you. <laughs> um, so... What's the process for accepting residents? I'm guessing there must be a wait list for homeless. Um, how do you keep that balanced? And also, we didn't speak about this, but you also house refugees, right? Mm -hmm. There's one, one small project because, um, yeah, who, who is the homeless? Yeah, And uh, you can easily figure out that a lot of people who are homeless in Vienna, they are not uh, Austrian uh, natives. They are from everywhere in the world. And lots of them are migrants. So you can't really uh, separate clearly between this one is a migrant, this one is a homeless. Uh, it's, it's all, again, it's, it's mixed. Uh. Um, but we have in, in 2016, in 2015, um, there, that was the time when so many people come from uh, all over the world to, to Middle Europe, Central Europe, to Vienna too. And in 2016, we made a small shared um, flat for, for people who uh, are able to stay in in Vienna as uh, with asyl. What is asyl in in English? I don't know. They are allowed allowed to stay. They got the uh, permission to stay. But, oh, asylum. Uh, yeah, right, asylum. And um, yeah, and and we made a small uh, space for for them. And there, for example, it's the first project we did double bedrooms. And uh, all the other spaces, there is, you have your own bedroom because what we have learned, if someone is not able to um, zurückziehen, to pull himself back into spatial, uh, he pulls himself back into himself. You know what I mean? He, he closes up. And how could you make a community project with people who are, closed <laughs> who who live in themselves uh, pulled back 
it's not it's not possible it, it doesn't work this kind of community so what do you do with two um guys uh with asylum um in in a shared way uh, flat when when they don't know each other and they have to stay in one room and then there is the community kitchen and always this community thing this doesn't work and what there we didn't have had more place so we tried to to find at least uh, the place where they sleep uh, that they can pull back themselves separately in in this one bedroom and we develop the students together architectural students a structure we call it little masonette uh, so uh, a double floor space in this room uh, downstairs you have the the double room but upstairs and it was not high it was just the place to lie and to sit maybe but at least when you sleep or when you do your your sms or whatever uh, at least then you should be able to to pull yourself back and to close a curtain on both sides so if one is learning uh, downstairs for his next exam the other one could could have it dark over there even if this one needs light so thoughts like that um, i think this is very important we always try to do um, or all social projects especially for homeless and, and migrants i know are community projects it's all about a mass of people not only one it's at least two or 15 or 100 but uh, they are all uh, with a trauma, trauma, traumatized. Oh, I need to, this word is, is important. I need to search that. Trauma, it's, it's the same. You know what it trauma. is? Trauma, no. Trauma. Oh, traumatology. Oh, trauma, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, trauma. okay. Sorry for pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they all have it more or less but but they have it by by yeah being away from their parents friends country whatever also homeless as yeah the story with the early childhood where something went wrong um and and if someone has a trauma you can't put them together in a overnight shelter with a hundred or a 200 uh, body on body it, it, this is not possible this doesn't work and 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 this is yeah our idea of we need to respect that there are mental problems and we need to to react on that yeah and this are uh, this is something most of the social projects which are all community projects don't do and this, yeah, of course, it, it can't work. And if you think about migrants um, here in Vienna, they are not allowed to work at the beginning. Yeah, But those one who left their countries and came to Vienna, those are the ones who, who are active. Yeah, they are not sitting in their home countries where there is war and whatever and, and say, oh my God, here's war and I can't do anything. No, they stand up and leave. Yeah, they are the ones who are active. They, they take care about them and their families. And then they come here and we store them like goods in shelves. It, it doesn't work. It's, it's clear. Everyone sees that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and and I think um, it doesn't. It's not enough to <laughs> to proclaim. Uh, you need to do something, and and what we do is trying to find at least better spaces uh, which take care about this this trauma trauma yeah traumata yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy that we think of or i shouldn't say we but that the government puts and a lot of people really have the mentality that immigrants are um undervalued like they aren't contributing to society when to your point they could just give up they could stay in their country and say forget this but they're looking for a new life they're looking to contribute to society so why not set up the infrastructure so that they can be successful in doing that and i don't think you mentioned this when you were talking um did you talk about the process for accepting residents? I don't think you mentioned it. I'm curious. For what, what kind of residents? Oh, for, I guess for all of them. What, because um, I'm sure you get more interest for homeless people living in the space. So how do you find balance between the homeless, the refugees, and the students? How do you maintain the balance of residents? I don't know whether I get the question right, but if I got it right, I haven't thought about that yet, about balance. Because I'm sure I there's times when you have more than the other, like you'll pro uh, most okay, likely okay. have more homeless. Now, yeah, yeah. Um, we had that in, in, in fact a few years ago, um, there were why ever uh, not enough students interested in um, have, uh, living in 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 Vincerast mittendrin and then we thought okay but there are a lot of homeless who are on the waiting list so let's um, yeah allow more homeless to to live there and less students but the result was that the students even were less interested in the project to live there so yeah this was the idea, students and homeless together. So we said, even if we need a few months longer and the flat is empty or the room is empty, um, but we need to have at least this balance in numbers. Um, and also women and men, that there is no disbalance because if it is, uh, it will uh, figure yeah you can see easily that that it will grow the disbalance so you need to yeah probably to wait and and keep a room longer empty than you would like to but they all go through the same application process they all get yes. vetted in the same way yes okay. um you you have to write down why you are interested some kind of motivation letter why are you interested to live in this project why you want to to take part and then uh, the office looks which one would be uh, would fit into the into the house but then um, the ones they um, they choose these ones go then to the shared uh, flat and ask the two inhabitants who live already in there whether they want to take him or her in, in her flat, in their flat or not. So they decide finally 
the office proposes um, by the motivation letters and but the final choice uh, will be taken by the um, inhabitants of the shared uh, flat where there is a room empty or free like in every in every normal uh, shared uh, yeah, flat in, in all Vienna. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, living in New York with roommates, there's so many times I live with people that I'm like, I would have rather not, but I guess I have no choice <laughs> okay. because this is the option that, was given to me or you know I'm not on the lease so I don't really have a say so that's so important that you have the residents also have a say and again that helps to build that sense of trust and community in the yeah. space and so what but, do you but, but just, just one idea uh, at the beginning in the first house round when uh, the first inhabitant group came together students and formerly homeless, everyone said, hi, I am Alex, hi, I'm Ebony, hi, and uh, I'm from, and so on. And then, yeah, now how we do, uh, how should we start? Who wants to uh, share the flat with whom? And uh, those who decided uh, a certain person to share the, the flat with, it was not, not a long time that they were together. And the ones, uh, the ones who said, oh, for me, it doesn't matter. Uh, I came to this project to be open. And they just got someone into their flat. It shows out that these uh, communities, flat communities, they leased, leased they, ah. they lasted the longest time. Yeah, funny, yeah? So this That's is what we learned about expectations. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is this is a, a point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because I've heard many stories and I've had my own where I move in with a friend and we think it's going to be great. And then it's just like a fallout because <laughs> you have that expectation. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ex expectations is really one of the worst things. <laughs> uh, they lead to disappointment. <laughs> yeah, right. Directly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what do you think is the greatest barrier to addressing housing equity and accessibility? Um, the greatest barrier, if, if you don't look precisely on to whom you address it, if, if, yeah, if you, if you, if all the the process of of decisions is not orientated on the people you do something for but on the money or on the whatever and yeah for example the already mentioned guy living under a bridge since a few years all alone if you want to equalize the barrier uh, with a building you offer him you need to to look only at him precisely and then 
maybe you can address it to him and he will accept it. But it's, it's you know, there are so many people saying uh, they are out in the street because they want to be out. There are a lot of places in Vienna they could go in, but they don't want to. It's not everyone wants to go. I mean, maybe 0.001% not, but almost all want to have a place where they can call their home. And uh, it's, it's not a question of want. If someone is, is claustrophobic or mentally that much ill that he can't stand the others, how there could be a lot of bed free in, in an overnight shelter. He can't accept that. If you ask someone who has a dog, you can come in. Uh, it's December time, winter time, and it's cold outside. And here you can have a warm bed. And this guy has a dog. And in this shelter, there are dogs not accepted. You can't go into this shelter because so... This is, for me, the, the most important point that um, if you want to address uh, seriously almost everyone or at least most of all out in the street, you have to accept that in, in, in all this time they had been out, a lot of things changed and sometimes in their earliest childhood and you have to respect that. And, and not to try to um, yeah, to turn people around. This doesn't work. And you, right now I am developing with my students um, um, a prototype of a small house. Let's call it tiny house. I don't like this word, but it's, it's a small house. And um, we discussed now almost one and a half year about this small house. Uh, it's not an, an office building with a, a thousands of square meters. It's only a small house for one single person. But you can, you can, you have so many possibilities to do it better or worse. You don't, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah? Even if you, if you make the, the angle of two walls a bit smaller or brighter, or if you make the ceiling a bit lower or higher, or you put the window. Okay, this is maybe a professional problem all professionals have, but now we are on a point, I would think we, we haven't, reached in the last 20 years. We haven't been that far. This small house has got two doors. Again, these one or two doors. Yeah? Two doors are double expensive as one door, but we think it makes, it's not a, a luxury thing to have two doors because we have uh, the houses orientated with the one door, the main entrance door, let's say, to a platform where another two houses and a bathroom is located on this platform. So this is some kind of small community space. The platform is outside and there is a docking, a bathroom and two other guys. So uh, you have the possibility, the chance to meet someone if you enter or leave your small house by this door. On the other side, it's the opposite there it's a, a bit green space like a small garden all very small but you have the chance to see no one nobody for months or you have the chance by just uh, taking the other entrance 
maybe to meet your neighbor or not. And this having chances, having a choice, um, the the space it's it's less than twelve square meters, but you can put your bed into four or five different positions. Um, it's the bed the 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 position we think will be used most is um, one which is quite hidden. It's it's really the 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 safe place. It's you have on three sides a wall. One side only is open, but even this one you can cover by by uh, a furniture which you can turn. And so it's it's. I need to show you uh, the. We we start next week on Wednesday to construct the prototype in a design build process with the students, and then later on we they they need to sleep there and to live there for a few days and to evaluate uh, what they have planned and and maybe the next I told you that on the platform there are three so the next we do probably a bit better but yeah if you have chances if you are really conscious about about so many aspects of normal life that someone is an individual and at the same time is part of community but this maybe i don't want to be for a long time i don't want to be i only want to be an individual and 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 this we have quite often in 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 these fields and yeah i think you have a lot of possibilities uh, you need to to know about it what tools do we have and and to use the tools and to be you said a nice word uh, sophisticated to use uh, by using these tools we try to to bring nature a little bit into the house we have the 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 garden space it's some kind of there's a place you are not sure uh, am i indoor or am i outdoor anyway you have a, 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 a let not the wall but you have um um, a facade which which there it's warm and there it's cold but if you are in you you don't feel that and so we want to take nature in and because they have been living outside for a long time uh, how big is the terrace in this small house it's that big that you could put your bed outside because maybe you you again want to have a few days or weeks uh, looking up into the star sky and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's so interesting to work in this field. And the most beautiful thing is that you bring architecture, as we understand architecture, as a cultural thing, to an area where architecture is missing completely as as a basic as a shelter it's missing and as a cultural beautiful nice thing and if you if you succeed in bringing architecture in this in this area the inhabitants how they react it's incredible it makes you work and work and work and don't stop again because they they appreciate it that much you 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 wouldn't believe Wow, the prototype that you're talking about sounds incredible. Please send that to me. It's amazing how much intelligence and detail go can go into such a small space. And yeah. 
like you were saying about the barrier, it's like we shouldn't just build infrastructure that we think people need, but we need to study their behaviors, ask them what they need, and and be open to um, uh, modifying it as well and modifying our own beliefs of what we think that they need. And yeah, I think that there's just, there's just so much potential and, and architecture should be really functional too. Like there's some spaces here, especially with the new apartment buildings in New York. I'm like, there's so, they're small, maybe a closet or a room just doesn't make sense in certain space. And it's because they're doing it for profit. They're not doing it because they necessarily want people to commune with each other or to have a lot of space. Um, they're just doing it for the money. So how much can they stuff into one space and how much can they charge for that? How, what's the most profit they can make um and it makes that, that's, me that's a reason why i don't like tiny houses because it's a business model meanwhile too yeah this it's a business model but as far as um as housing is is a, a business model we we lost all all we architects the society the community everyone this is but but this i can't influence that much so we don't need to talk about that but um yeah it, it it's here the same uh, they are not interested who will live there will he or she be happy uh, and so on no idea about it they can even keep it empty because in two years when they sell it they have earned money without that someone lived in they don't even have to rent or to sell it immediately so and this is really ill this is so ill but yeah i don't want to complain and i interrupted you i'm sorry you wanted to say something but this is really this makes me very very angry this uh, development that uh, with a with a human right and a human need um like housing which uh, uh, influences all society basically to make out of that a business model that it's not affordable anymore for someone who is working normally yeah this is ill our society uh, need to change here really deeply but yeah yeah and it's it's definitely making society sick too i mean why are there so many new luxury buildings popping up but there's definitely more people that need affordable housing in the city so they're just leaving these places vacant like it just it just doesn't make sense to me um and it also the way you guys are thinking so deeply about the design of this small home makes me think of the concept of psychogeography which I don't know if it's the same word for interior spaces, but it's how geography affects your mindset, affects your emotions. Uh, and you guys are definitely doing that with the interior design, like making people feel comfortable 
in having, I don't know, like a sunroom where they can sleep in and still feel that sense of being outside because that gives them comfort in a way, but they're still protected from the elements. Uh, And yeah, and then having options too, having choices is such an empowering thing for people. Like even having a different, having multiple entrances can have, I think, a shift on someone's mindset completely uh so yeah i think that's so cool and thank you very much (laughs) that you see that because a lot of people say it doesn't matter it's not that important the 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 space Uh, but but you probably even if you are not an architect you you see that and i like that yeah yeah like they say high ceilings is better for creativity for instance having Mm. a space to walk around, to pace is good for increasing your brain activity. And so having that for artists is so important too. And thinking of artists in New York, they're generally living in boxes where they don't <laughs> have that option. So yeah, it's it's very interesting how all of that uh, plays on our psyche. And so for my last question is, how do you envision a changed world through the lens of housing? Um, what is envision? Uh, how do you, what's your vision for the future for housing? Oh. <laughs> wow. I had made a lot of interviews the last years, but no one asked these questions. I'm more living in the here and now (laughs) and in in, in this, in this, uh, what would be my vision? Um, Yeah, it would be that, that all of us, or let's say the majority of us um, would, uh, would be more curious about chances and would not focus so much problems so would not focus that much uh, differences would more try to to figure out um, uh, common uh, things and use this as as a starting point for anything but some kind of togetherness and that that we would be more aware about um, a village, a town, a metropole, city. Uh, this this is all the idea that people come together because it's more easy and more nice to live in, 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 in that constellation than somewhere else. So we, we, we have this togetherness, but we just pick out the points we would like, we appreciate, and the other points we want to hide and to to put it somewhere else and this doesn't work my my idea would be my vision would be that let's say um everyone has um capital i don't mean the money capital only i mean good ideas uh good hands good feet whatever and let's use this is a very old idea and a very common idea. Let's use 10% of this capital for, for the community. 
And uh, for example, Viktor Papanek has written it in the design for the real world in his book. Uh, 10% give it to, give it back, let's say, because we, we all take from our neighbors, from the government, from the city, we all take, and we should give back more than taxes. Most of us think that I pay taxes, what else should I do? Uh, it's enough. But I think we should get more involved. We, we should more um, try to think about what, uh, what could we do like you do, what could we do to, to have a better, uh, better uh, surrounding? All this, like we were talking before, the, the um, developer, the, the investment uh, architects or constructors or this, this, this parasite building hype with investment buildings, if we would have all of those buildings, uh, real parasites, they don't give back anything. They take energy, gas, oil, place, air, make shadow. It's, it's only parasite. And there is nothing, no idea about symbiosis. But as we know all that uh, if there are too many parasites, the thing, the structures where they sit on, it, it dies. So, yeah, this this doesn't work for a longer time. We we must at least those ones who are conscious about that they they need to take their hands and thoughts and try to make a symbiosis uh, to to force symbiotic systems or to design symbiotic systems. Or I this would be my vision that we think about that and. And then homelessness is, is <laughs> there were so many um, signs in, in, in Los Angeles, uh, solve homelessness, let's solve homelessness. You can't solve it. But uh, I think there will be more in future. But to be homeless doesn't mean that you are a third or a fourth species. There are the humans and the animals and the plants, and then there are no homeless. It's something else. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, yeah. I don't know whether this was an answer to your question, but um, and my my personal vision is that I can go on with our projects. I, I love them. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely sense the passion <laughs> from when you talk. And it, it excites me, too, hearing you speak about it. Uh, but there's definitely needs to be more emphasis on symbiosis, realizing that we all have a role. And to your point about capital, there's eight different forms of capital. It doesn't just have to be money. Like, how can we see value in people outside of their job or outside of how we see them physically. Um, and realizing that since we all have a role to play, we can co-create spaces and our society to reflect what we truly want. But um, yeah, there, I, 
I agree. There should be some type of fund. I know in Italy, the cooperative businesses, they have to give a certain percentage of their money to go into a co-op fund to help develop cooperatives um, that are starting. And I don't know, to have a, a fund for every state, for instance, in the U.S. or something that people can know that their money is going into something that is directly supporting their community because there's a lot of philanthropy but it's like you don't necessarily see the direct impact so how can we um create the seed money ourselves and really decide on the projects that we want to create or invest in um but yeah creating this beautiful fluidity and relationships between each other is the goal and I I really hope everyone else can see it I mean all you have to do is look at nature and see what nature is doing and and realize the symbiosis there and see how we can design our lives and our architecture to reflect that So thank you so much, Alex. This was really a wonderful conversation. (laughs) Thank you, Ebony. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm on a mission to get these little known solutions out to as many people as possible. So please help me by sharing, leaving a like, and a review. If you would like to stay in the loop about future episodes, please subscribe to the podcast or my newsletter at cooperativejournal.com Because I didn't say save the world, I said change the world, improve it, make it better than we find it.